Welcome back to another Seek a Strength podcast. Uh, this week, once again, brought to you by Darren Gurf, as always. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about like the differences in weightlifting systems from Russian systems and Soviet systems through to Eastern European, which is obviously a derivative uh, of the Soviets, through to the Chinese system and the kind of American stroke Western uh, systems and then some of the other things that are thrown in like the south americans um and the africans and, and just the different techniques the different like kind of structures and systems and the main thing we're going to talk about is the fact that they're all the exact same so obviously this is um hyper specific to weightlifting so if any of our our non-weightlifters are listening which um Normally, most of our podcasts are fairly, you know, they, they're kind of like, depends. A lot of our guests are weightlifting specific, to be fair, but that's who we know. But um, this is like hyper specific to weightlifting. So, yeah, um, it's probably worth a listen, even if you don't do weightlifting, just to, if you think, just in like general thoughts about training. Um, because like the principles of getting better than any physical endeavor are kind of all the same, realistically. Yeah. You know, you do, do as much volume as you possibly can at, in really specific or as specific as you can possibly get. Um, so, like, f- in terms of weightlifting cultures, or weightlifting... Yeah, weightlifting culture is probably the best name for them. We've experienced firsthand are um So, German weightlifting, we've seen a good bit of that. So, I was in Germany in some year, I can't remember, three years ago, maybe. Uh, maybe 2018, I'd say. Uh, so, and then, so, with Martin's wager, so he was in 90... 88 olympics i think uh i think he was a bronze medalist um so he was then a german uh, coach on a national team for germany for a while um so then we saw uh, he came over here and um we did some seminars with him um then we had some experience good bit of experience with the romanian weightlifting system mm. first-hand experience now and then we had good experience with this well, like miso hasana's system the Qatar system i suppose even though he's the only lifter and then the rest of those we've kind of exposed to between, you know, videos, literature, hearsay, observation, training videos. Um, so, like, if we're, if we're to look at the German system first, like some of the key points from the German system. So, it's very regimented is from what, what we saw. Yeah. So, like, you look at your programming, it was like, and now obviously... Not all the coaches probably do this, you know, but it seemed like that they have a standardized system. And like the the programming was very like it was linear progression was all what was all I would call it. Like it was like there was literally things like fives and the power clean, snatches, you know, squats. And it was like you start at week sixteen or week ten or whatever, and then your aim in sixteen weeks is to add five kilos of lifts. You know? And that's the goal. Yeah. And then you just follow these now there's a little bit of variance, but it seemed like you just did this, then you did this, then you did this. And there wasn't a whole lot of deviation from, you know, from where you would go. Yeah, and to be fair, I think that's, it's a system that's deeply immersed in, like, sports science, kinesiology, uh, like, deeply block periodized. <clears throat> and when you're looking at a system like the German system, they're using something like that or a derivative of that for every sporting team in the country so their weightlifters will train to that system 
two relatively similar blocks they probably have snc coaches then that are going from the weightlifters through to the volleyball players through to the netball players uh and they're probably all following a system like I've, I've absolutely no doubt that the german track and field team will follow a very very structured uh patterned block periodization system similar to what their weightlifters would like their movements would be vastly different their setups their training frequencies their relative intensities would probably all be very very different but i've absolutely no doubt that that kind of uh national structure and the way they organize their athletes and organize their athletes training years and their four-year olympic cycles are all going to be very kind of homogenous in terms of you know technique as well technique was very very standardized they were very analytical about technique so the use of the software it's called real analyzer hd um i think the germans actually developed it it was german uh developers who made that so the bar patch tracker but it's very accurate there's particular software so bar speed uh it's like velocity you know uh, acceleration curve um what else did you you the actual bar patch so that's the, the typical one you see usually from like iwf like international weightlifting sources you know that kind of it's like the yellow framework and it's the, the lifter in the middle and then the graph next to it yeah. so it's just hyper accurate it's set up in a particular way they you can see from German weightlifting team though that the technique is very standardized and they what I like about them is they put heavy emphasis on correct technique now their correct technique is a system they've developed by themselves and they have very particular aspects of technique that that is what they like and that's what they really put emphasis on and that is conforming to a bar pad technique which I am mostly the vast majority of what I feel like I'm in favor of that way you know because nobody's a snowflake at the end of the day like you, you're not special, you know, you're not DMAS with your head throw back, you know, you're not, there's not peculiarity or technique that you deserve, you know, you haven't yeah. earned the right for those. Like you, there's a reason that the optimal bar pad is a, as an S or a verse S or whatever, you know, there is a reason it is that. Um, it's because physics doesn't change, you know, and yeah. that's how they think about that. Now, the problem with that then though would be, is, would be the kind of, issue with a lifter psychology is it may not be you're kind of leaving out a little bit of how a lifter might feel you know if a lifter feels like something is better uh sometimes not very not often but sometimes it's worthwhile letting the lifter have the carrot you know and letting them eat the carrot and even if this particularity of their technique isn't the most optimal but if it's least impactful enough, sometimes it's worth letting the lifter do that because if it feels better for whatever multitude of reasons. Yeah, and I think the like the classic for and against that, right, would be um like they're thinking about developing sorry, thinking about developing uh, a huge number of athletes from youth athletes all the way through to being a senior competitor, senior Olympian, whatever that might be. And the case would be that you have like i know max lang slightly deviates from their technique but it's still the very standardized technique i know he doesn't and he seems sorry to interrupt you but he seems like he is trying to conform to that now yeah definitely like it is there looks to be a change there so if you take a technique like max lang's where it's an incredibly vertical um bar path obviously there's still some deviation forwards and backwards but it's it's a very smooth movement it's very efficient right uh so that what they're trying to do is they're trying to take five thousand athletes every year in weightlifting get them all to lift with that technique 
and they're saying if you use this optimal technique you put that into the black box and out of that black box you'll get four olympians every olympic cycle whatever that is the opposite of that is the the cj cummins right and not to be ragging on anyone like he's a phenomenal lifter but that's the the opposite end right where it's it's all quirk it's all altering technique there doesn't seem to be any general structure there but it's just you pick an individual that individual trains solely with one coach solely with one like they're constantly kind of tweaking this and tweaking that and you end up having a a clean and jerk that looks incredibly different from almost everybody else's clean and jerk right so if you're putting the german system into a a kind of category the category will be very standardized very much sticks to a framework works for a huge amount of people and kind of works in a in a country where you're going to have like homogeneity between youth coaches junior coaches senior coaches they're all going to be trained in a similar way they all understand what they're training towards um and you definitely don't have that in every country i think um i'm going to make a statement here that is based off of personal experience but with no evidence but i think if all things were being equal right and there was no drugs involved in any weightlifting country i think germany would be very close to the forefront yeah uh so this is just based off of personal experience um what some people have told us and you know what we can kind of extrapolate from other experiences obviously um so i I would say right because they have a standardized system um a little bit of variance right isn't they don't they don't seem to have preference variance and they don't seem to like it okay but that's not a big deal but if you have a lot of talented athletes with good systems good support and you have a very standardized system you may not end up with the dmas right or you may not end up with someone who is amazing right but you will end up with some very very consistently great lifters i think given if you get someone with talent support motivation and a great system if you get that from a very young age you will end up with some consistently very good lifters i think yeah and i would think if there were zero drugs now right and i'm I'm, obviously we're making the speculation right that they may not be on drugs right now which we don't know for sure obviously we have no idea okay but from what People have told us they don't think a lot of the German weight team is on drugs or any drugs. Now, obviously, Germany has a huge history of doping. So, you know, obviously, we can only make inferences. But I feel like they have a good system. I like it. Um, their technique is very, very sharp. It's very powerful. Uh, one of the things I really like about their training is they love pulls for technique mm. and getting better technique. Not just getting stronger, but actually getting better technique. They love pulls. Really enjoy pulls. Yeah, sub-maximal pulls as well. Like you never see them ragging on 300 kilos and try to shrug it at the top like it, it's very much a training tool uh i think you know that other, might be an, the other sorry. interesting thing about the german technique is they don't seem to have a huge amount of variance in technique between male and female athletes or very between true. juniors and seniors you know it's it's this is the structure this is what we do um but like with that as well if you're a country with a very small population you're probably not going to pick out the clearances from that group by using those standardized techniques, you know? Like, you need a bit of... I think you need a bit of a 
qualitative stuff in there as well. Like, I love the German system. Like, mm-hmm. a system that you can write perfectly into an Excel spreadsheet uh, and make into a lovely-looking graph is my idea of programming heaven. Uh, but, like, it definitely does have its downsides as well. You know, I think the pull thing comes from... It could be from a lack of drugs, right? Because So you can't go super heavy, right? Because, obviously, it fatigue yeah. you way too much. Um, so pulls are, like, a cheap way a low fatigue way of practicing technique in the lifts. And if you have good technique and you're able to repeat it and you're able to keep it the same as your snatch and clean and jerk, then you can do lots of pulls. And in a sense, practice your desired bar pat for extra reps for less fatigue. So maybe half as much fatigue for more reps in a session with less psychological capital expended. Whereas, you know, that that could be an example of not needing drugs, you know, um, yeah. or finding a way of getting better without drugs. Now again, we we're assuming you know that they're that they might not be taking drugs, but that's again it's just a guesses off experience. So yeah. I actually just pulled up a program that Martin, a few weeks of a program he gave me, uh, one before he was it before he came back over, right? So I'll just give um, they have a very select number of exercises and they kind of use, you know, kind of ratios. Though. So like this should be this heavy, your squats should only be this much heavy. So it's very similar to Savi based system and that makes much sense. So like day one, for example, was. Snatch push press to snatch balance, work up to a technical. So there's technical was in capital letters here. Max, three plus one, pause in the catch, three seconds. Uh, they actually used, uh, he was using RPE, so it was like eight RPE. Then move on to snatches. Um, These were incredibly light. They were like, oh no, hang on. This is not mine. This is someone else's. Sorry, the <laughs> um, two seconds. Why does Word, old Word documents never work from a couple of years ago? Yeah. Damn it. Okay, so like it, it, like there's, you know, they use exercises, specific exercises to get better at things. You know, there's like, um, they, they'd be, they like, like snatch balance, back squat, pulls. Um, they like a bit of pressing, snatch and clean and jerk. Yeah. So you'll see the trend as we go through each one of our systems. The loading patterns might be different, the frequency of exercises, but all the exercises are very, very similar. And the purpose is, is to do as much lifts as you possibly can or support the lifts as much as you possibly can through various assistant exercises or different loading patterns. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that's something that's going to pop up a lot in the next hour, you know, is that all of these systems are working towards the same goal, right? So the goal is to get a bigger snatch and a bigger clean and jerk. Uh they might all say they're using different things to get there, but in reality, they're seeking some sort of physiological and neurological adaptation that gets a bigger snatch of clean and jerk. And realistically, they use a lot of the same tools. Uh, so I think a system girth that uh, is very, very close geographically to Germany, but um, in oh, there. Oh, sorry, actually, I actually found, sorry, just to, before we move on, I actually found the Word document with, so it started with, there was eights at 65% in the snatch. <laughs> so there was uh, 36 weeks planned out for a macro cycle. It was all work up to a one rep. Yeah. Um, so I started out with eights in the snatch, right? So, and I'm working way down periodically, sixes, eights, fives, fours, fives, threes, twos. So like, you know, a little bit heavy, work back a little bit, a little bit heavier again, work mm. back a bit, a little bit heavier again, you know, threes, twos, threes, twos, ones, twos, ones, ones. So like it's real like block periodization, uh, even with the lifts, which is unusual, you know, to be that aggressive with or to even think you can be that aggressive with snatch clean jerk in terms of like block periodization, you know. Yeah. 
And I think that is something that when you talk about the mixture between like art and science that uh, that people always like to refer to when they talk about programming, this is very much science and not art. You know, like there's there's no kind of uh, no subtlety here. You know, it's like Owen will do four reps in the clean and yeah. jerk. Owen will then do three reps with 10% more in the clean and jerk. Owen will then do two reps with 10% more in the clean and jerk. And yep. this will happen at the end of 36 weeks. Like nine, is that nine months? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at, yeah. At the end of nine months, Owen will have this much more in a PB, you know. Um, yep. it, it's also hilarious that one of the, one of the probably most famous German weightlifting performance ever, uh, Matthias Steiner, pulls out one of the most kind of unorthodox, most shocking and huge performances ever to win gold. Uh, mm-hmm. Then when like, I guarantee you, their warm-up routine was definitely like, you will do three reps with 65%. You will do two reps with 75%, two reps, 80%. And, then, and then it all gets thrown out like... Yeah. He front, apparently he fronts got a 205 kilos before... The Olympics. Martin told us. Trained her for five reps before the Olympics. So no one cleaned her 258. Yeah. So the program, the actual program was like Tuesdays, power snatch. So this is a micro cycle of this right now. So it was power snatch, cling or cling grip pulls, back squat, snatch balance. The next day was power clean, snatch pulls, front squat, push press. Thursday was snatch clean jerk for volume. Then Saturday was snatch clean jerk for intensity and then pull heavy after. So this is a trend you will see <laughs> across all the systems. It's all the same. Everyone does the same thing. So we'll move on to, are you saying Romanian X? Romanian, right? yeah. yeah. So like very, very close uh, to Germany, obviously. In terms of their influences and where they kind of drew their, uh, a lot of their kind of foundational knowledge from is very much the same, like a, a lot of kind of ex-Soviet. Obviously with the Germans, you kind of East Germany as well. Um weighing in when their system was was brought together and conglomerized or whatever uh but the romanian system so it has a lot of similarities right they're they're structured but i think one of the the key the key differences with the romanian system is there's not a huge emphasis on technique and this is something we've mentioned before like one of the the great things from Gabriel will be like, okay, this this technique looks very, like, looks bad, right? When you need to be fast, you're slow. And how you fix that technique is you become more powerful, you become faster, mm-hmm. and you become stronger. And that's how you fix it. It's, it's not with a bar tracker. It's not with biomechanical analysis. You don't cue your way out of it. You become strong as balls, and you get very, very fast. So, like... If you want a really in-depth look at the um, Romanian system, so there's a LinkedIn article with it on Gabriel, you know, and it talked through how training looked from the younger years all the way up to as an adult, basically. That link will um, be in the description. Perfect. Uh, so, like, the Romanian system was for older athletes now, right? So, uh, youth development, right, is something we didn't see a whole lot of, and we saw a little bit of Gabriel, so, but we'll, we'll talk about as if we're talking of adults really here, or, like, mature lifters. So, the Romanian system was basically as much snatch and clean and jerk as you can do as frequently as possible. So they, what Gabriel kind of called it was, it was not definitely not the Bulgarian system, but it took some principles of the Bulgarian system, and it is a principle, you know, 
they talk about a lot is like reps above 90% are the only reps that matter. They're the only ones that improve your NRM. Nothing else improves your NRM after a certain stage. So no matter how many reps you do at 80, 85%, all you're doing is facilitating your ability to do 90% plus to then practice reps 90% plus, which then improve your NRM. Nothing else matters. Um, as a beginner lifter, of course, as you learn the technique for the first few years, you can practice random lighter reps, you know, and it will make you better, but you're just making sporadic improvements in technique, coordination, you know, whole whole of reasons. But ultimately, for the Romanians, for example, and so that's what the guy saying with the German system, was you are doing all these reps to facilitate your ability to get to heavier reps in the end, you know, and the Romanian system was kind of, you do as many reps as you can facilitate or as much as you possibly can, but with less of a direction, I would say, with less of a facilitatory loading. So you did your volume, you did a lot of volume, but you still go heavy when you can, you know. Um, so there was a big emphasis on stronger pull, fr- strong squats, but they didn't care. Gabriel like talks about he never really pushed his squat to maximum for heavy weights, you know, but he was still very, very strong at squats. When he was younger, he did loads of squats, and he said that's probably one of the reasons why later, as he got older, he could do more squats. But the variance of the actual lifts, power snatch, um, some power cleans, full snatch, full clean and jerk, pulls and squats. And he said sometimes lifters would have done a little bit of a little bit of variance to fix issues that they really needed. So like Tuesdays and Wednesdays, for example. So Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday would be very, very heavy lifts. Uh, for multiple times a day right but then like Tuesdays and Thursdays would be like doing like if you need no foot snatch or more jerk from rack for example yeah I think you know we talk about like the work to allow or the work to facilitate reps above 90% I think the difference between the Romanian system and the German system is the German system probably looks very similar to that the whole way up you know and they probably don't get athletes from very very young they probably are much more like what we'd have here where your younger athletes are 16 and 17. Um, whereas the Romanians very much seem to be like 10, 12, 13-year-olds and they're squatting and pulling a lot. And that facilitation, like the work that allows them to do so many reps over 90% is probably done in their like formative years. So you yeah, end definitely. up getting, yeah, like you end up getting a late teen who's, very very strong and very very capable of doing lots and lots of reps over a certain percentage uh i think the thing is as well that like the it's not even an elephant to dream you know the thing people are going to talk about once we go on to the russian and the chinese system and the american system is they're going to talk about drugs right every single country we talk about today will have positive drug tests and Mm -hmm. every like absolutely every system will have positive drug tests in it like the it's it's not a thing that you need to think about when you're talking about the programs they're doing because a lot of the athletes it's just going to be a factor in it it's the it's the sport itself um but yeah i do think the the romanians that facilitation work is done when those kids are a lot younger and you just have a a system then that's well able to handle those 90 percent. like the the romanian like if you look at loading of the Romanians, it looks like the last three weeks of what the Germans would be doing. Um, it's just that the Germans come in and out of those last three weeks much more frequently. Yeah, like they seem to have the Romanians, for example, seem to come in out of shape heavily an awful lot. So they don't um, 
they don't give some of the year it didn't look like it and it didn't from what we from we know from Gabriel you know, is it didn't seem like they uh, so obviously you have to start out with lighter weights you can't do big weights if you can't do them full stop you know if you're not physically able to if you haven't done them in like three months you can't do them but you get you the goal is to get there as soon as possible and then practice them as much as possible technique now this is a big difference between german and romanian system is that there is no technique system from what we can see yeah um i was asking gabriel like how did he learn the lifts and how did they learn the club you know he said you just watched all the lifters with good technique uh coaches didn't really they, if they needed a correction a big correction you'd get it but most of it was just um you watched gabriel city watched all the lifters with good technique and by that way then good technique was transferred on and maybe the coaches knew that, but they didn't. Yeah. There was no like standardized system of like this is what good technique is. This is how you teach the lift. This is what proportion is. You'll see the Romanians are all vastly different, but what you will see is they're all very strong and very fast. Um, like he was very young. He did lots of he, the complex he always did when he was younger was uh, it was like muscle snatch, snatch your press and over at squat or something. Um, when he was like you know a child like t- nine, ten, eleven. Um, he was like muscle clean, full clean, like jerk or something. You'll see in the article. Uh, so like this ingrained just being powerful and strong you know and then as you get older then you are still powerful and strong yeah like the probably the two best known Romanians are like Toma and uh, and Gabriel their technique looks completely different uh, but they're both so fucking fast and mm-hmm. so powerful and like their top end strength numbers are crazy Um. This is where that finesse comes in for personal preference, you know, yeah. on technique where if you let that lifter figure it out themselves, then you may end up with someone incredibly good, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I think like drifting uh, east again from Romania, like to the Soviet system, right? And to the system that probably birthed um, or at least influenced most of the systems we're talking about today or all of them. Um, the soviet system like in inverted commas because there's not one homogenous soviet system for all of russian weightlifting you know it's not like everyone's followed the same book forever but they do have an incredible lineage of of science-based sports and very very well documented very well journaled um and the the thing we'll talk like this will look like a blend of like the Germans have taken all of the structure and they've taken all of the the kind of combined knowledge and they've taken all of the kind of technique analysis and how they'll analyze technique and try to make the technique as homogenous as possible. But then you also see some of the the kind of flares of the Romanian system where they want to make people very, very strong and very, very fast and seek very high levels of, of adaptation. Um, so I think one of the hallmarks of the the Russian system will be a very large amount of athletes. So they're dealing with a huge and absolutely gigantic population. And they then take those athletes and, and through multiple uh, streams of study, they will find the optimal technique and the optimal loading patterns. And through multiple meta-analyses of all these studies, you get what is now the Russian system. You can like if you look at the Russian system, it's very very similar from what we can see from the outside is to the German system, which obviously makes huge amount of sense from in terms of like East Germany and uh, you know those sports schools have been obviously part of Germany and USSR. But the the big thing was like 
with the Germans and with the Russians, there's distinct periods of times where you're not lifting 90% or above, where you're most definitely not lifting that bracket range, where you're not lifting near maximum. Uh, for example, most recent example, right on top of my head, if you see like Archie Mokloff was training again recently, he did something like 120 for a set of seven in the hang snatch or something, you know. Um, that is most definitely not the case where he's done at least 180 in training, if not more. I know we've seen him 90 hang, but if we take 180s max, like he's so far out of his 90% range. And again, this is to facilitate optimal loading with the view of peaking into a competition. You know, that's that's very important. You're peaking for a particular date and a particular time where you are. This is when you want to be in the best shape and you want to get there in good shape and you're willing to forego, you know, maybe more constant heavy lifts and training throughout to facilitate a much better performance once you get there and a very defined increase in your performance at that competition, whether it be competition PBs or, you know, um, maxes outside of in training, you know, but there, there's no kind of, oh, if you feel good today, you'll hit it kind of thing. It seems very like, yeah, boom, boom, you move through to your sets and reps and your particular variants and you do your clean pull front squat jerk and you get this heavy with it. Then you take away the clean and the front squat, or you take away the pull in the front squat, and then you hit your maxes, you know, based on other factors and stuff. Yeah, I think from what we've seen, um, and you might disagree with me on this, Gareth, but from what we've seen, there seems to be more variance with the exercise selection or like the tool selection for for corrective actions with the the Russian system, like where the German system was very very regimented, very select group of exercises. The Russians do seem to have a broader selection of exercises that they're choosing from and selecting from uh, when you see the athlete training. I actually, I think a critique of the the current Russian system, not Soviet system, current Russian system is, I think they are too broad too often, too yeah. soon, or like too much too broad. So for, if you watch a lot of their lifters, now obviously these are still talented weightlifters, so they're fast, but I'm just talking about on an international scale. Uh, some of them are very very slow uh, their pull is slow their technique is good but uh, I I think there's like if you look at someone um, his name is I'm just going to get his name there he's a very good 94 you can see a lot of them are really going through that motion of the pull the pull is very slow the jerk is strong but it's not it's not it doesn't have that finesse like with the Romanians for example yeah. you know it doesn't have that um, the the hyper specificity yeah they spend too much time not doing the full lifts uh, georgie cups off is his name uh so if you watch him right he's a great lifter he's doing like 180 210 in training but if you look at his lifts right his lifts are they're very smooth but for example bar speed almost looks the exact same throughout the whole lift um he he goes through his ranges of motion or his ranges with the lift he goes through the motions you know but he is for example he put up like a a, a 190 clean and jerk by itself and it looks the same tempo as the 180 or 190 clean front squat jerk he's done, you know. And yeah. it seems to be a feature. A lot of the Russian lifters in the last few years where they are very, they spend too much time not being specific, you know. And they don't have that same kind of pizzazz as you might see in the Romanians, for example, when they do lots of heavier lifts, you know. Absolutely, yeah. I think the other thing that we're kind of not aware of is how much regional structures and kind of, provincial structures influence the the kind of development of a russian athlete you know because I've, I've no doubt that there is large degrees of variance from province to province or from region to region and how those coaches develop athletes 
Uh, that is one like it's one definite deficit in my knowledge of that system. Like I've I've no idea if if all the athletes we're seeing come from the same place or if the variance we see from athlete to athlete is because they're from different areas within Russia. I th- like I think the difference between you know um, kind of the German, the Soviet, or the Russians again is that the Russians do it. It seems like now this is huge speculation, but it seems like they do those complexes because they're supposed to do those complexes. Whereas the Germans kind of do them. We don't see a lot of complexes. We see things to facilitate optimal technique, and then you go to the lifts and you get it. Yes. You transfer to lifts. Whereas it seems like the Russians are doing um, lots of complexes, clean pull, front squat, jerk, or whatever you know. Because that's a method of conditioning your body as such, yeah. rather than it being, does this optimize my technique? Which I think uh, kind of looks like a bit of a downfall or a negative. Yeah. Because we don't, we haven't, it's been a long time realistically since we've seen any world records. Uh, like we haven't seen a gold medal at the Olympics from Russia since 2004 from uh, Dmitry Beristov. So th- they have lost some of their, uh, their uh, what would you call it? Their the mojo, progress, I suppose. Yeah, their mojo. Yeah. Moving. So if we move south then, uh, somewhat south to Qatar, we'll see if Miso's right. His training, obviously, is very particular. Like, it's it's not really the Qatar system. It's um it's his father's system. Yeah, it's uh, the There is an Egyptian just system. <laughs> yeah, Ibrahim is um a phenomenally intelligent coach. Like, he is a birth of knowledge. They talked about, if you listen to their podcast, we did it with him last year. Where they went, um, they would go to different countries just to learn from them, you know. Uh, but Miso's training is, it's again, it's it's not like the Romanians, you're not doing heavy lifts all the time. There's very distinct periods where Miso is not in great shape and then he builds up into good shape. So he's doing um, facilitative loading to get to that big shape, you know, to get to those, the, big, the big shape. You want to get the big shape? He's doing, you know, f- he, he's loading lighter lifts. He's doing reps with them. Uh, he has these little complexes that he enjoys that help him in particular. Um, I like that system. I I like it's very individualized. It's really um, it's really like trying to promote the peculiarities of Miso's technique, you know, or his particular strengths and what he would enjoy training. Uh, obviously, the problem with this then is like for the Germans, they're trying to develop a system that anyone can employ, whereas Ibrahim just needs to get Miso a gold medal, you know. Yeah. There's a big difference there, and that's the reason why he can do that. Uh, Miso, but again, lots of squats, lots of snatches, lots of clean and jerk, lots of pulls, variants of these pulls. But ultimately, the application is very, very similar to most like Soviet. It's um, it's going through periods of distinct loading, you know. And I think as well, when you look at the the kind of lineage of their coaching style and the lineage of their programming style. It's a hybridization of loads of different inputs, you know. So like Asgraf was saying, uh, Asano traveled around from country to country when he was an athlete and when he was a coach, uh, trying to learn from different places. They do training camps in different countries, trying to learn from different countries. And what, like, I've no doubt if you had another athlete who had very similar strengths and weaknesses to me, so, and did that system with them, they would do phenomenally well. But I think if you had, uh, like, 10 baby girths um, or skinny girths and they all did that, like, they probably won't all get as good a result as Miso has gotten from it. Like, it's highly individualized. It's much more along the lines of when we spoke earlier about the, the Max Lang versus uh, CJ Cummins approach. 
it's very much towards the CJ Cummins end of the thing. You know, it's it's hyper specific to Miso. Um, but obviously Miso has like a very nice standardized technique. Yeah, and like they they've like told us, you know, they showed us what they think like the S bar pad again is the most is what they believe is you know. Yeah. No, no one disagrees like that is the one. But I, what I like about their training in particular is that most of the things they do, so like we were saying with the Soviets or the, sorry, the Russians, they do the things because they're supposed to do them. Whereas when Miso is doing stuff in training, it's always orientated around proving a particular aspect of Miso's um, lifts, right? So um, he does like really heavy block pulls to improve his second pull because he feels like it improves his second pull. Or he does these like touch and go hangs with no foot movement because it improves his second and third pull. Uh, they talked about doing snatches from blocks to be more vertical so he can train his third pull so his extension is straighter and he doesn't lean back as much. Um, he even When he was younger, he spent months doing just sats press and improve his mobility to get better, you know. So it's really individualized towards Miso and to yeah. fix Miso's weaknesses but also exploit his strengths is what I really like about it. But again, the problem is, is you need... It's a one coach, one athlete, or one coach, five athletes, not one coach, five thousand athlete system, and so that's why it's working for them, you know. Yeah. But um, I've no, I've no doubt Ibrahim would, would, would prosper, if given, if you give him the opportunity and someone gave him the task to, write as, uh, absolutely. Well, I don't know if he would actually, because he kind of said you can't give generic, um, uh, you know, templates, which I think is, kind of sh- not short sighted, but they're it's um a result of their particular scenario where they're trying to train one olympic medalist um for a gold you know they're not trying to you know improve a hundreds amateur weightlifters yeah you know? they're not trying to get every uh between 80 and 95 kilo male to 100 120 nothing wrong with it no not at all um and i think the other thing i i really like about their system is like gerf talked about they pick particular movements to like attack weaknesses and they fucking attack weaknesses with gusto. Like yeah. the 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 funny anecdote is when they were talking to me, they were like every morning, much weight, many reps for many sets before breakfast. So when they were talking about squatting, getting stronger legs. But mm-hmm. like when you look at what they did with Miso and upper body strength, like Miso was an athlete who was pressing, I don't know, was it 60 or 70 kilos for a strict press? Um, and he literally does upper body accessory work every single morning. Um, mm-hmm. and he got incredibly strong in terms of like strict pressing behind the neck pressing snatch grip pressing uh, within the course of six to eight months um, because of that very very focused approach and like this all again is to facilitate your it's facilitative loading facilitative action whatever you want to call it to get to 90% to improve your heavy lifts you know that's what it's all about like that is what they're all looking for is is ways of just facilitating how can we improve technique to improve our one RMs? You know, that's what it's all going for. Like, yeah. Um, I suppose the next one we should probably talk about is, is one of the more mystical, um, or what people deem to be mystical is the Chinese system. Um, mm-hmm. so the Chinese system, if you're looking from the outside, appears to be loads of really heavy accessory work, athletes in great physical shape. Uh, you seem to have lots of athletes lifting with a very, very, very homogenous technique. There doesn't seem to be a lot of, of variance from region to region. It's very much this is the structure. This is what an athlete looks like. 
this is what an athlete trains like and this is what an athlete competes like yeah like the the chinese system has been shilled so much by different people now it's um it's very hard to tell the <laughs> yeah. truth from what actually is the chinese system you know um uh, what really fucking annoys me is when people are like oh like your man who owns mass strength the other day posted his instagram a, a lifter doing a power clean with an empty bar you know and he was like yes this is chinese technique not moving your feet doesn't make it chinese you didn't yeah. invent not moving your feet like it's not a like it that kind of bothers me is the is not the system it's the people shilling the system and you know and telling you their secrets to chinese weightlifting or this is how chinese weightlifting it's not chinese weightlifting no everyone does the same fucking thing everyone's trying to do snatches <laughs> and clean and jerks and whatever way you facilitate that you know there's no like we do like you do you build some muscle or whatever right or whatever the fuck that like the bodybuilding exercises the chinese lifters do you know but ultimately there's they're not getting a one rm right they're not going from um weighted back extensions uh they're not doing kettlebell deadlifts and then they're skipping everything in the middle and then getting to new one around yeah. you know <laughs> they have to there is no other way they have to go through the stages of loading in the snatch games or certain percentages practice 90 percent and then hit one rm they're not doing 19 rep power snatches and you know 90 kilo back extensions and then magically they jump from this to their one rm there is yeah. nothing in between you know like we've we haven't really seen any loading patterns or phases of the the national team you know or anyone that they're better lifters you know we don't know anything about it but i can guarantee you it looks like heavy snatches heavy clean jerks as much as you can possibly do like yeah. almost guarantee it yeah and i think some of the some of the anonym anomalies right so when you look at like their pulling stances their catching stances like a lot of those anomalies come because of morphological differences you know so if you look mm. at northern europeans or if you look at uh oriental like just hip structure is going to be different so if you the same way if you walk into any crossfit gym if you walk into any strength and conditioning facility for any team you're going to have 20 different athletes squatting with probably three or four different variations of squat stance uh what you're seeing is like the wider pulling stance with toes straight forward is more than likely due to the cert like due to certain intricacies of of differences in their hip structure and pelvic girdle you know it's it's not it's not because this was the analysis done and this is what's the best uh pulling stance for snatch and this is what's the best for clean and jerk it's no that's probably the best for that particular body shape and that particular morphology the same way where a slightly narrower stance or a slightly more toes out stance might be better for somebody else you know if you look at but if you look at the bar pats they're all there's as much variance as any other country would have yeah. in terms of bar pat they all conform to similar the like an s-curve bar pat like they all conform to that but it's only based the variances in are based on their hip structure or their leg structure, limb lengths or their particular strength and weaknesses. But they're not defining gravity with their um with their pull, you know. The only thing their female weightlifters do have a different kind of loading of the bar pad. It looks like it's a lot more quadsy on their toes for longer. Um but then this is um a faculty of absolutely, you know, extremely strong female weightlifters, you know. Um but again it's not even a huge difference. It's not a new technique, I don't think, you know. It's yeah. just a little bit of a variance based on what they their body's made up of, like, but they're not doing anything new, you know. Uh, nobody's doing anything new, unfortunately. I oh. hope this is what you've got from this podcast. Everyone's doing the same things, but in they're supplying it in a little bit of different fashions. 
uh, to better or worse degrees um, to like broader or more individual aspects of the lifter. Yeah. You know, I, everyone's just trying. I think you'll see visual differences between the lifters. You know, you'll see certain countries will really, really uh, push athletes towards being hyper lean hyper vascular like in particular the chinese like absolutely no excess weight you know and that's a derivative of them having huge amounts of control over everything from the athlete from the age of probably four or five or six when their talent id system kicks in um and that isn't that isn't seen in every country you know and that's it's not even something that's been really really proven to be the most important thing like body composition for weightlifter probably isn't the most important thing or it's definitely not the most important thing in terms of winning medals but it's very very important in their system so you never have an athlete who's really out of shape you know they're they're all very like they're physical specimens if you look at the russians a lot of russians are going to be very very physically strong looking uh but that's it's not the most important thing. And I think that's what you're seeing is like the most important thing is heavy reps and your ability to handle a lot of training at those heavier reps. And that's consistent across almost every system. The things that aren't consistent across every system are the the one and two percent things, you know, the things that don't make a huge difference. Yeah, like the variances across groups are um, much closer than the variances across independent athletes in those groups you know yeah if you're like event diagrams are they're heavily overlapped in terms of similarities as opposed to a little bit of differences and a bit of the cake the icing around the edges is the biggest difference you know ultimately good coaches are good coaches and they'll never go out of fashion you know yeah i think some and other we, some other systems that we probably can't speak to because we just don't have that much we haven't had any interaction with them and we don't have that much knowledge about them is like the Iranian system, you know. Ah, uh, no, we were told. We were told take, some stories. Take people away and just give them lots of drugs and then you bring them back. That's what we're told the Iranian system was. Yeah, we were told people, that by people you who get would taken know. away for a few years and... Uh, nope. You... We're not judging people either, by the way. We're just saying that's what we're... Not. No, no, no. You just get taken away and you do lots of heavy lifts and yeah. uh, you come back much stronger. And, uh, and by the sounds of it, it, they do a yeah. shitload of very, very heavy lifts yes uh very heavy lifts that's what we were told in the yeah. system i think and there's probably a system we haven't talked about yet and is one of the more famous in inverted commas systems is the bulgarian system right um, oh yeah and in particular the bulgarian system under avajayev so that system was formative for many of these structures we're talking about now it's where a lot of the the principles of like hyper specificity come from um, and there's a lot of stuff out there about like what this system was, what they actually did versus what they said they did and what was important. And I think the most important thing here is that like Abhijayev really valued heavy reps and maximal attempts very, very, very frequently. Uh, probably more frequently than anybody else. I think you can like skip that facilitative loading stage if you just take enough drugs. Um, and that's basically that what they be- did. Yeah, you just take enough drugs all year round and you do this loading so you never let yourself get out of shape and you just, you know, not even one week off a year or whatever they were saying. Yeah. And if you, you, you can skip that period where you're doing 70%, 80%, you know, you're just straight into the 90% and beyond. If you take enough drugs, you know, you can facilitate. You can overcome based on past training history too, though, if you've done enough when they were younger as well, like they would have done a lot more variants, which has been stated. 
but once you get as an older aunt, at least like you can kind of go beyond those stages and an idea think, of um, like of when they're younger right and like selecting for an athlete who's going to be able to stand up to that is like you're talking about taking 11 year olds or 12 year olds you'll take the best 300 or 600 athletes they have you'll train them for a year with your program so like the program you will give to them and they'll all be sent back to their clubs they all have this program that they follow for a year once they come back that group is cut in half by 50 percent and the program they're doing for a year is incredibly hard right very very high volume very very high intensity you're basically trying to wean out the weak ones from the group so you then take that group of 300 athletes now and it becomes 150 athletes who are 13 years old um and they've now trained for a year right so after 12 months of training all the weak ones or a lot of the weaker ones have gone the more successful ones are left you then take those successful so 150 successful 12 13 14 year olds you will dose them for possibly six months so you'll train them incredibly hard and cut your group in half by 50 percent and then probably that 50 to 100 athletes are given drugs from the age of 13 14 onwards so you've already selected for all the athletes who aren't going to be able to handle heavy load you've selected for all the athletes who aren't going to be able to handle heavy load all year round at very high intensities and you've in some way selected for athletes who aren't going to handle drugs well so like they've been able to skip all those steps because the genetic potential has already been weaned out uh, and you're only left with these very very resilient athletes um I, just one comment on the bulgarian system um is that people don't people aren't doing it you know people say they're doing bulgarian it's not bulgarian no. it's really not it really really isn't um so one of gabriel's coaches was someone who was who who coached with Abhijay, you know, and he was like, it didn't, it didn't even work for Gabriel. It didn't work for him. Yeah. He said it was just, but the principles were, Gabriel said, you know, he'd be maxing all week and Sunday would be a rest day. But he said, coach, come up to him before lunch and be like, come on, let's go max. Come on, we go max, you know. Yeah. And they would go max, obviously, because uh, Gabriel was a head case. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they like it really, it really isn't what people think it is, you know. No. And like, you know, people saying things like a Bulgarian loading phase or stuff like that. It's really not, you know, it's just... um a moniker like it's it really isn't what you you think you're saying it is like and there's no reason to do it yeah uh there's actually one system we can talk about fits it is the uh the polish weightlifting system so oh. i have a book i um so obviously C- clarence had great first-hand experience with the polish weightlifting system yeah uh, for a long time but there's a book called the trials of a professional weightlifter uh, how i mastered the art of weightlifting by oh fuck i've got the butcher another name here. <laughs> uh, myrek karkowski um he's like a master's in a legitimate master's in sports science like a legitimate one i'd imagine i feel um, so targeted why do you keep looking at the camera when you say legitimate um it's a real master's from a real sport now he does <laughs> um he gives a lot of his programming and he talks through his formative years and he recorded every single thing you know and loading yeah and back in the day in the 60s and 70s um Obviously, Polish weightlifting has always been very good, but they were a distinct system from the sounds of things. So there was like, um, there was a Soviet system, but the Polish were definitely not. Yeah, they they didn't want you know they weren't. Um, so they had, but the system, like honestly, it, whether it developed, of course, they did a bit of interplay, you know, they learned from each other, or whatever. But 
it's all the same shit again like <laughs> high volume lots of reps some bodybuilding exercises which we see a lot of people do you know of course general strength training exercises um facilitative loading doing more reps you know yeah recording number of total number of reps um increasing these more reps at 90 percent doing as many of these you possibly can but going through preparatory phases you know competition phases um thing he kind of mentioned was they would find like if you liked an assistance exercise you kept it and did it like he mentions he liked hand cleans because it felt good yeah um he ended up doing like 172 or five was like a 100 kilo lifter uh he didn't even make the national team at the time yeah, yeah he made yeah. like the second team the b team or something um we should actually probably try to talk to him in the podcast. Uh, he's living in Canada at the moment, and I think he coaches the junior team in Canada. Um, He'd be a phenomenal guest. Nice. Yeah, very good guest. Um, but with some, from, from Clarence, all right. So there was kind of two systems we saw from Clarence. Um, so <coughs> his first coach was, was it Pavel something, right? He was the junior team coach. Clarence had great success with him. It was um, smart loading, you know, Again, the, just the, the generics. I'm going to call it yeah. generic programming now because it's the only one that is you know, like standard. So that's just light reps, more reps, less reps, higher reps or higher weight, singles, p- progress, you know. Then he moved to the national team and your man was again a coach, similar to what Gabriel had, who coached um, under Abhijayev. And that was just maxing all the time. And <laughs> that like was the worst period of his training life by the sounds of things. But I don't know if that's really the polar system. It doesn't look like what a lot of them do, you know. But again, yeah. from that polar system, just, you know, reps, loading, um, pulls, squats. Um, how many systems is that? German, Russian, uh, Qatar, Polish. Um, we don't know about the Chinese for real, but I can we can make some yeah. interpretations. Inferences. Oh, we've like six or seven systems there of good countries, you know. Yeah. Um, and then we've Iran, but they probably, well, we don't yeah. Iran do. Quran. um you know it's all the same shit you know you just you can't avoid hard work there's no secrets but yeah. unfortunately it's all very very hard work uh that's the biggest differences is um probably how technique is taught and then like how some of the programming principles are applied but the principles are the same i suppose yeah i think so for most of these people listening to this right so you're um from the demographics of this podcast you're either european you're from the uk you're from the US or you're from Australia and New Zealand, right? Yeah. Um, so from the USAW coaching handbook, from the British weightlifting coaching handbook, from the Irish weightlifting coaching handbook and the EWF coaching handbook, you're going to see very, very, very similar things around technique. You're going to see incredibly similar things around loading patterns, when to load, when not to load, what exercises you load. Like it's all going to look the same, you know? there'll be some differences like some will end the first pull just below the knee and the second pull will start there or some will end the first pull just below the knee and then there's a knee passage and then their second pull some will talk about a third pull some won't talk about a third pull right but in terms of the technique they're teaching it's all going to be very very similar in terms of their loading pattern it's all going to be very similar and to be honest one of the areas i think they miss out on is what things are actually important so they talk about developing athletes, uh, making people stronger, faster, more powerful. They talk about the importance of good technique. They talk about the importance of efficient technique, right? But in any of those handbooks or in any of those coaching courses we've gone to or coaching course we've done, like even the IWF coaching course, 
uh, none of them really emphasize the importance of heavy lifts. And like every single good athlete we ever talk to is like, the important thing is how many of those heavy lifts you can do, how often you can do the heavy lifts, how well you're able to do multiple heavy lifts in a week. Like reps above 90% seem to be incredibly important for competition level weightlifters. Yeah, like the, you know, the, the Soviets had vast amounts of analytical data on this and what made the best progress on heavy lifts and it was 90% and above, you know. Um, so one thing I just realized we kind of glossed over was, you know, we're simplifying down the knowledge, but there's a shitload of knowledge there that you have to learn <laughs> and be able to apply. And like, you know, you, you can't just learn a system and apply it. Then you still have to be a, a good coach, um, yeah. an analytical thinker, critical thinking, um, smart ways of applying it, knowing how to change it for individual lifters, knowing what cues to give, what exercise to give, how to load it. Um, I think we really just really glossed over that for the purpose of this, but I just can't overstate that like, uh, you can't just learn a system then be a good coach. Like you still have to be a good coach. You yeah. Know? And I think you if still you look at great coaches from all those countries, they'll have a really good understanding of physics and biomechanics. They'll have a really good understanding of basic biochemistry. They'll have a really good understanding of like human physiology and, and biology. Like they understand the body very well and they have some understanding of psychology. Like, all of them are they bulgarian iranian <laughs> yeah. or they have a really good understanding of pharmacology uh yeah but like all like good coaches are great coaches for a reason you know or sorry great mm -hmm. coaches are great coaches for a reason it's not because the system is great or the system isn't great they're just really really good coaches and the system is like the framework in which they coach I'm trying to think of an analogy, but I can't think of one right now because I never, never had to think about it. <laughs> I just can't think of one. It'll take too long. Yeah. Um, so I hope this was useful. That um, link to the Gurf's article on Gabriel. Uh, mm -hmm. So is it the making of an Olympian Gurf or what's it called? I can't remember. Yeah, something like that. To make, it was a couple of months ago I wrote it now, but it was something like that, yeah. Very, so I spent, I'd say, about nine hours on the phone talking to Gabriel about it. Yeah, it's a phenomenal um, article. Very, very good. It'll be wrote, linked uh, yeah. in the description below. Uh, go and take a look at that. I mostly wrote it from the point of view that if I wanted to know what Gabriel did, I would ask him those questions. And that's, I was just for me yeah. myself, really, to be honest, it was entirely selfish. <laughs> um, If Miso gets the Olympics, hopefully I can do one on him. Yeah. <laughs> when he gets the Olympics and wins gold medal. He already got the Olympics. He wins the 2016, sure. Yeah. And he was like 18 or something. Yeah, when he was a um, child. So if you if you don't like weightlifting um, and you've no interest in weightlifting, we'll see you tomorrow for shit talk. <laughs> Thanks for, thanks for listening thanks for everyone who um went to spotify and followed us we got over the a thousand follows um which is we're very grateful and so thanks for everyone who commented saying they did like uh shit talk as well because that there was loads of great feedback for shit talk actually, so much feedback and the amount yeah. of random people who i'm like friends with who have nothing to do with weightlifting uh mm -hmm. who obviously end up listening to the podcast randomly um, I've no doubt it's not because they missed the sound of my voice, but the amount of people I've spoken to are like, "Jesus, that shit talk podcast is great." Um, I, I actually look forward to doing them, and I just want to say there is zero prep for them. It's just waffle oh whatever God. comes out. That's yeah. why it's called shit talk. We usually we usually start talking on the Zoom call, um, and then we're like, "Ah, oh, fuck! We'll just we'll better start recording this." Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. It's uh, it shows you how much people don't care about knowledge, and this one, let's just the shit talk. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. <laughs>